You're listening to the Eat Sleep Blog Repeat Podcast, brought to you by the North Carolina Blogger Network. Find us online at ncbloggernetwork.com. Welcome bloggers, vloggers, podcasters, and beyond. Today, we're going to be bringing back an episode from our Blogging 411 show. This was a live episode about blogging myths. It's a two-part series. And today we're going to be resharing part one of Blogging Myths. So stay tuned, enjoy the show, and feel free to call in or comment on any of the segments. Look forward to hearing from you and hope you enjoy this episode of the Eat Sleep Blog Repeat Podcast and Radio Show. Um, okay, so first myth. Um, you start your blog and the whole world is listening overnight. The internet beats a path to your door. Myth or truth? Uh, I, to, to me, I say unless you are Justin Bieber or Jessica Simpson, that is a myth. Most bloggers, when they get online, they start their blog, they are blogging to an empty room for quite some time. And that's normal. And that's, you just have to kind of find your voice and, and, and deal with it while you build your audience. So uh, I would say that is a myth because it's going to take you uh, weeks, months uh, before anybody finds you and, and starts to enjoy you. Would you agree with that, Miss Allison? Absolutely. I think that it takes some time to really build an audience for your blog. Remember that just because you have 500 Facebook friends doesn't mean that all of them are going to be tuning into what you read. Um, so it does take some time to build an audience. So hang in there. Right. right. All right. And the second myth, which kind of dovetails with that, is that you start your new blog and you start making money right away. And uh, I can say by experience, both myself, uh, of myself and with many people that I have helped, that is a myth. That is not true. Uh, again, unless you are Justin Bieber or my favorite Jessica Simpson, or you already have a very huge following, social media following or, or something, if you, you know, unless there's people that are already going to come to read your blog, you will not be making money overnight. It's, it's just like building that traffic. Uh, it's going to take time to uh, to start earning money, no matter how you're earning money. Now, the only the only time that that might not be fully true is if you're selling a product, because it only takes one guy to come to your website and uh, buy something through an affiliate link or or an actual uh, product that you're selling. Uh, so, in, generally, it, it's going to take time to build that audience to get people there. But uh, you know, I guess that's one of the uh, exceptions to the rule is that uh, if you're if you're selling something, would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I get. Um, first of all, I'm fascinated with the Jessica Simpson thing. We're talking about Jessica Simpson a lot, Randy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I will say that that I do blog consultations, and that's the first question I always get asked: When can I earn money? When can I monetize? And I think that it's a myth to think that you're going to start earning money right away. Even if you do any sort of affiliate program, that sort of thing, you might start to see a little trickle in, but it really takes a while to really see your blog pull in any sort of significantly financial reason. You have to show staying power. You've got to prove some other things, too. And you have to know, you have to have a business plan, right? So know how you're going to monetize and then work with your blog to get there, and it's not going to happen overnight. Right. Now, as an example, 
my very first website wasn't really a blog, it was a website. It started generating, if I remember, about $1,000 a month after just a couple of months. And that was such an extreme uh, one-off that, you know, that, that's kind of what I want to say made me famous because I'm not really that famous. But um, I, a, a lot of people noticed that because it was such an extreme one-off. And that is not the case. And I've created a dozen websites since then. <laughs> and it's that experience that tells me, yeah, it doesn't always happen that way. Yeah, but you got to know what your goal is, right? So like Randy said, if you have product, then you know that you want to create content and market yourself on your social media to kind of push that product. If you don't have product and you think that you want to make money by doing product reviews, then you need to set your blog up to be a product review friendly blog. If you want to work with specific brands, you've got to start courting those brands. you got to start building social media clout. So, you know, it might not have happen overnight, but it can happen. Just make sure that when you are thinking about monetizing, you're taking the steps you need to reach that goal in the way that you see it happening for you. All right. The next myth, or maybe not myth, is uh, you have to post every day to be a successful blogger. Uh, I'm going to say that's a myth. You do not have to post every day to be uh, successful or be a successful blogger. I would say in general, the more content, the more stuff you post, the better, but you, th there's no limit, there's no rule that says it has to be every day. I think it's more important that you post uh, consistently, so every other day, three times a week, whatever it is, consistently, so that three times a week, whatever it is, consistently, so that when you finally get an audience, they know when to expect to see something coming from you. But if you, unless you have Unless you have the the rare ability to post good stuff every day, and you and, and what you may end up doing is just posting crap every day, and that's going to work against you. So I, I'm going to say that that's a myth. You you don't have to post every day to be successful. In general, the more the better. But then you've got to weigh in the quality of of what it is that you're posting. So would you agree, Allison? Is that a myth? That is definitely a myth, and this is something I feel very passionately about, having worked with a whole bunch of organizations and companies and bloggers. And in addition to the fact that if your goal is to blog every day, the odds are pretty strong that you're going to post junk some of those days and that is not helpful to anybody but let me also add this I am somebody who follows a whole lot of blogs through my RSS reader and I will pop into my reader and if somebody is blogging every day and I haven't checked in with them for a couple of weeks all of a sudden I open my RSS reader and I'm almost overwhelmed by the amount of content and I can't sift through what's important, what they want me to read, what I'm looking at. So really make sure that I think what Randy said, being consistent and good are the strongest points that you can bring to your blog community. So don't think I've got to post every day or people are going to forget about me. You can be remembered through social media shares. You can be remembered through your social media campaigns by sharing other people's content, by engaging, by repurposing old content. So you want to be active every day, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to get a big blog post out every day. I think in some ways it can actually, depending on your audience and what you're trying to do, almost shoot yourself in the foot a little bit. So really think carefully about your blogging calendar. Consistency, good content's key. 
All right. All right, now the next myth, or maybe not myth, uh, I think will interest uh, viewers uh, Christopher Jennings Penders and Mark uh, Trapagan uh, because it has to do with making money online or making money with your blog. So the myth is that nobody makes any money online. It's all just a big scam. Or the little guys, just, you know, me, I can't make money either online selling something or with a website or by blogging. So I'm going to say definitely that is a myth. Um, I'm living proof of it. Uh, you can make money online. You can make a lot of money online. But I guess the, the other myth is the opposite of myth would be that it's easy to make that money online. It, 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 it's not easy to do. It takes a long time. Um, I think statistically it, it may even be uh, against you. Statistics may be against you that you will succeed uh, because not a, a lot of bloggers never make any significant, significant amount of money online. So um, it is possible. I do it. I know several other bloggers or, or website owners, webmasters, that make significant money online. So it definitely is possible. What would you say? Oh, and not, not just by advertising or selling things. Uh, maybe I know this one person that created a blog and did real well with it and sold it and ended up making quite a bit of money. Am I right, Allison Carter? Yeah, I completely agree. Randy, we're agreeing on so much stuff. It's great. Um, I think that you can make money online, absolutely. There are people who make good money online from blogging. The thing is that you have to think creatively. You have to know who you're talking to, what people want. Like Randy said, sometimes it involves selling your blog. Sometimes it involves creating products. Sometimes it involves a spin-off. Sometimes it involves a major sponsorship deal. It, 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 the, the models to earn revenue can look very different from just a banner ad or just a sponsored post. So if you're trying to monetize, you certainly can, but get creative. Think about what you want to deliver, how you can deliver it. Go to brands if brands are what you want to work with and pitch something unique to them about the way that you can help them and they'll, they'll probably work with you. So the big myth is that it takes a lot of work. You know, you can't, when I eventually got to the point where I sold the blog that I sold, it was pretty much a full-time job. Um, you're answering emails, you're, you're courting sponsors, you're doing back-end work and research, you're working on your social media. So do be aware that to monetize, you're not just going to stick up some blog posts four times a week and get money. You're going to have to treat it like a job. Yep. All right, the next myth. It takes a lot of money to start a blog. And I would say um, that is a myth. That is not true. And whoever told you that uh, is probably trying to get money out of you. You can, there are many places where you can go to start a really good blog for zero money down and zero money at all. Uh, Blogger.com, WordPress.com, there's uh, many others. Uh, and I, I usually recommend to somebody that's just thinking about getting into blogging, um, I'll tell them, go and get started there and see if you can build an audience and, you know, see, feel it out, and you, you, there's no risk of losing any money. Now, once you hit a certain level, you may choose, like, when the time comes where you want to start monetizing, where you want to grow or have more control over what, how you make the blog look or what you can do in it. At that point, you may want to move on to your own hosted blog, and then that can cost uh, some money. It can end up costing significant money, but it doesn't have to. So I would say that... Uh, it, the statement that it takes a lot of money to start a blog is a myth. What say you, Allison Carter? 
Yeah, I'm kind of in a gray area about this. I agree that you can certainly start a blog for free. In fact, we have a blogging 411 episode. It might have been our first episode, Randy, maybe, where we talk about how you can set up a blog for free, how it's so easily accessible. It's right at your fingertips, user-friendly. But then there's also this part of me that understands and, and feels that if you do want to monetize and you do want to start making money, like any business, you're going to have to invest some startup costs. But I think what Randy alluded to, saying, you know, yeah, at some point you might need to make that decision, but you certainly don't need to do that in the beginning to get started, might be, I think, the best answer to that myth. You know, you certainly don't need to invest money to start. If you start to get big and it starts to be a business for you, look at it like a business investment, but you certainly don't need to throw a lot of money out there at, hosts and designers and graphic designers just to start your blog. Right. All right. We agree again. Okay. The next myth, uh, page hits are the most important thing. Now for me, page hits are very important on all of my blogs and websites. Um, but when I think about it more, there are times when they may not be the most important thing. So maybe this, I want to say, yeah, they, they are a very important thing. The, the more people, and I guess maybe we should define page hits as people coming and reading a page at your blog or website, not a bot scraping your content or a spammer coming by to, to leave his spam uh, on your blog. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go neutral on this one. So Allison, tell us if it is a myth or not that page hits are the most important thing. Is neutral an option? I wish I'd known. Um, <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> uh, I actually believe that that's a myth, and that might just be because of the clients that I work with, the blogging friends that I have, the blogging community that I'm in. Page hits are important, of course. Page hits are going to a lot of times show you if search engines are fine, if people are finding you through search engines. That that's huge, and that's gonna that's gonna come as a page hit. Um, they're also going to show you kind of if people are hanging out on your site, if they're finding you from something else. But don't forget that people can sign up for you through RSS feeds, and that might not be a page hit, but they're still reading. And they're going to, if they're sharing that stuff, and if they're they're sending it out there, if they're emailing it out, that's important too. And the thing that I have learned from working with brands over the years and working with major companies is they are much more interested in a blogger's social media poll and sway. They want to know that you have engagement and that you have a voice. And so the major brands that have approached me cold without me you know, approaching them and suggesting something, they never even asked for my page hits. They didn't want to report on my page hits. They didn't want to see the posts that I had written for them, how many page hits it got. Maybe maybe those particular companies were unique, um, and I still provided it, but what they really wanted to see were things like using my Twitter account, using my Facebook account, engaging with people about their brand and their their products through the social media streams as leveraged via my blog. So page hits are very important for a lot of reasons, but I'm not going to say that they are the most important thing. I think, once again, it really depends on what your goal is and where you want to end up. And if your goal is a lot. End up 
Um, if your goal is a lot of page hits, then page hits is the most important thing. Yeah. Think about what your goal really is, right? Yeah, and so, you know, you could be getting a lot of page hits and still not meeting your goal. If your goal is, if you're a business and you want to sell your product, and you're getting tons of page hits, but you're not selling your product, then pages aren't the most important thing anymore, right? There's something wrong with your marketing, your content isn't converting people, so in that case, page hits still aren't the most important thing if you're not then turning around and selling your product or turning those page hits into viable leads. So yes, page hits are important, you need to track it, you need to know where people are coming from, why they're there, how long they're staying, but I wouldn't say that they're the most important thing. Okay. All right, the next myth. Uh, Adding authorship to my blog will increase my author rank and I will then rank better in Google search. I love this one. Okay, so that's a myth. <laughs> um, first of all, there, there is no real, a lot of people, and I think this comes from just the noise on the internet, that there is today no real author rank. Maybe there's the beginnings of it, and maybe we know, I think Google is talking about it and thinking about it, but as of today, there is really no, it's kind of a myth about, you know, I guess that's what this whole show is about, is myths and author rank is one of them. Now there's sort of, maybe, we don't know, and, you know, some one expert will say there is a little sort of almost, and another will say no, there isn't, you don't know what you're talking about, and honestly, neither know what they're talking about until Google says, uh, here it is, and here's how it works. So um, now, even if there was an author rank, uh, adding it to your your web pages does not necessarily and may not ever necessarily mean now I will rank better in Google search. Um, there, there's just we just don't know enough about how it will someday work. It's a good thing to do. I recommend you to add authorship to your your web pages. Uh, in preparation of maybe maybe there is something behind it going on already that we don't know about. Um, but to say that just simply adding author rank to your, your web, web pages will result in better search results or higher rank higher and better search results, that is a myth. And I think uh, nobody has proven that. Uh, Google has not said that will happen today. Probably won't happen anytime in the future. It's a myth. Allison, what do you think? Yeah, that's good to know because I don't know what to think. I sat um, at a conference, uh, not recently, but last year, and the word on the street that everybody was saying was, get your Google authorship up and running. You've got to have Google authorship. Turned well, out that's it good was, advice. Yes, do that. Yeah, and it turned that out... That does it was not mean that today you're going to rank better in search results when you do it. Yeah, it was really easy to install on WordPress. There was a plugin for that, of course, and the WordPress has since made it even easier, so I did it. Um, I didn't exactly see my search results go through the roof. I didn't exactly see my traffic come up. I figured it was easy to implement, so why, why not? Now, but, uh, another good thing, um, it doesn't... It, it's sort of related, is that if you implement the authorship, and, and what that means is that then usually... A little your face will show up in the search results that can I think it, it has been shown that that can even if you're not ranking at the top say you're ranking number three or four if you've got a great looking picture of you there that could draw somebody's eye to click and read your web page instead of even a, a web page link above you so 
Um, it is definitely very good to do. It can give benefits, you know, like just getting more people to your to your website. But again, does not necessarily mean, and there's no evidence that I've seen, and Google has not said as of yet that it equals higher rankings. So I guess we're saying that go Commit. ahead and do it because it doesn't hurt anything, but don't believe and it can help, right? But don't believe that it's going to automatically bump you up to the top of any search engine rankings, right? right? Okay. Right. <laughs> Good to know. All right. We're getting we're starting to run out of time here. I was, uh, well, all right. So let's rush, uh, get through this. So uh, you can't do SEO yourself. You must hire a professional or only the pros know the inside secrets of SEO. That is a myth. Um, you, there's a few pieces to that. Um, you, you can do for yourself virtually anything that any pro can do. Any pro does not know anything more about the Google algorithm than you can learn yourself. The difference is, is that a pro does this all the time and he lives and breathes it and he has a long beard and he lives in his basement. Um, he, he knows this stuff. For you to know as much as that pro, you're going to have to invest some time to, uh, you know, to start, it, uh, not as much time to learn the basics that everybody probably should know, but to, you know, really learn the nitty gritty, that takes time. So it, it, a lot of times it will make sense to hire a professional SEO to help you or guide you or uh, SEO your website. But that doesn't mean that you have to. So there, there may be times you just may not have the time. You just may not care. Fine. Uh, or you may not care to learn. Hire somebody to do it for you. But to say that you cannot do it yourself or only the pros know, the pros somehow know things that nobody else knows, no. I say that is not true. Um, it may make sense for you to hire that person so you don't have to go through all the time and hassle figuring it out yourself. But it's a myth. There's nothing you can't learn and figure out on your own. What say you, Allison Carter? Yeah, I agree. There are so many websites out there and articles and bulleted lists of stuff that you can sit down with and figure out on your own and just get the basics of SEO. Um, and also think about why you're blogging. If you're a business blogging, you might want to invest a little bit more in your SEO so that your product gets seen, your services get seen, you get kicked up to the top of your competition. But if you're blogging as to do this for a personal goal or to push yourself or to start yourself as a business, you can do SEO on your own. All right. Next myth. I can't blog because I'm not a writer. And, uh, you know, that that's tough because blogging is writing, but you don't really need to be a writer. You don't need to be Mark Twain to have a blog. Um, you, you do need to be able to construct a sentence you need to know how to press the, the spell check button. Uh, most importantly, you need to be able to invest six or seven minutes of your life after you write that post to proofread that post. Or if you just can't do that, have somebody proofread it for you. Um, but no, I'd say that is, that, that's not a good excuse just because you're not a writer. If you can spell and speak the language and, and type with your elbows even, 
you can be a blogger. What, what do you say, Allison? <laughs> if you can type with your elbows, I want to see that because I would be very impressed. And that could be a whole blog right there. Um, for me, I was an English major, and I had to unlearn so many things when it came to blogging. I remember when I first started writing articles, uh, you know, I had to unlearn stuff you know, less adjectives and adverbs, less adjectives and adverbs, make things into shorter paragraphs, shorter sentences, bold, lists, people love lists. Um, so you don't have to be a writer. You do have to, like Randy said, have basic understanding of good grammar, how people talk, how people read, and the better of a, the more you understand writing, the better your blog posts are going to be, of course, but that should never, ever stop you from starting your dream of starting a blog. Yeah, it's not an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can only do a blog post if you have something to say. And I am going to go out on a limb and say that is not a myth. That is true. Now, a lot of people disagree with that. But I, unless you can take ha not having something to say and turning it into something to say, which then means you actually do have something to say, then if that makes logical sense, um, you, you do need to have something to write about in order to write about it. So I'm going to say that's not a myth. That kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier, where if you're just, you're just blogging for the sake of pounding on the keyboard and hearing the clickety-clack of the keys, it's going to be the, the, the quality of what you're writing is, is going to reflect that, and you know, the, the people are going to notice that. Uh, so I'd say, yeah, if you should only do a blog post if you have something to blog about. What do you say, Allison? Yeah, I agree. I think that if you're really stumped for content and you haven't posted in a while, doing something like a roundup or, you know, hearkening back to your old post would be good. But don't ever feel like you got to get out there and create a post when you really don't have anything to say because people know when you're, you know, hearkening back to your old posts would be good, but don't ever feel like you got to get out there and create a post when you really don't have anything to say because people know when you don't have anything to say. And I tell you, as a busy person, we're all very busy, right? One of the things that has to be the most annoying is when you see this great blog post title and you open it and then you spend your time reading something that really provided nothing. So make sure that you do have something to say. Editorial calendars are huge to help you figure out what you're going to say, when you're going to say it, and to make sure you always have ideas. We have a Blogging 411 show on editorial calendars, so check that out. Okay, next one, uh, next myth, or maybe not. Uh, you have to do all of the stuff that all of the SEO experts and bloggers say you have to do. And... I've probably said this before on shows and in some of my blogs or on my uh, Google Plus that that is a myth. And, and the problem there is there are so many bloggers and so many uh, people that call themselves experts regurgitating stuff. I'm, I'm going to use the nice word and say stuff. Uh, that it, it, it just becomes a lot of noise. And unless you yourself are an expert or, or at least get to the point where you can sift through the noise and know who to listen to and who not to listen to, there's so much noise out there that if, if you're following all the experts on Facebook and on Google Plus and on Twitter and you're doing everything they say you have to do, 
then you're probably going to end up hurting yourself. There's a lot of experts out there saying you need to get you know as many backlinks from forum posts uh, as you can. And well, that's you know today that's going to count against you. But yet experts are still out there saying that you need to do that. So uh, you have to be careful of the noise. You have to pick and choose who you pay attention to, uh, and and you know who you're going to follow and not follow, and just don't get caught up in the noise. So yes, that's a myth. You 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 must not, or or it is not true that you must do what all the experts say. What do you say, Allison? I, I agree. I don't have much to add. I think, too, if you try to follow all the experts, you're also going to end up really tired and stressed out. So do what Randy said. Yeah. Concentrate on writing more. Make your your readers or your viewers the highest priority and then worry about, you know, do that other stuff in your own free time. Uh, okay, this will probably be the last one, so let me pick a good one. If my blog looks fancy and has lots of fancy widgets and does fun, fancy, exciting things, it will attract more visitors and readers. And I'm going to say that's a myth. That's just plain wrong. Uh, every fancy widget and sparkly, glittery thing on your blog will not attract a single new visitor to your blog. Now, once you once you do whatever it is you do to attract them, maybe I know that's not going to make them come back either. It, it, it's just no. Uh, constant. I say that's a myth, uh, and, and a lot of times that can hurt you. We've talked about this before on the show. Too much crap on your blog is it can slow it down. It can be distracting. Concentrate on your content first. Make it look pretty, presentable, and you know then get fancy later. But be careful with with how you. You know what you do to make it look fancy. What do you say, Allison? I agree. Blogging 411 friends know that we've been on this for a while. Like, keep it simple. I I would add that that is a myth, right? Don't put all these fancy widgets, fancy things. Don't put glitter all over it and think that you can package it up and that'll make people stick. But at the same time, you do need to look professional and clean. So look professional, look clean, look like you know what you're doing. But don't go uh, don't go up there and add all the stickers because you don't need them. Right. All right. I think that was all the myths that we had time for today. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, join us again next week where we are sure to have yet another exciting show. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Eat Sleep Blog Repeat Podcast. If you have questions about today's topic, call in. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, did you know we're on Twitter? If you're on Twitter, we'd love to connect with you. You can find us there at ncblognet. We can't wait to chat with you. Talk to you soon.